again, we're delighted to have Willie and his family with us. Uh, I'm grateful to have him in our midst. His wife, Lucy, is with us and their daughter, Vanessa. And as they've been with us before, and it's always good to see them again and to be with us. I had a good time visiting with him again, and we'd like to encourage him. He's a 2001 graduate of the Brown Trail School of Preaching. He holds a B.A. in Biblical Studies from Heritage Christian University in Florence, Alabama. He's also a candidate for his M.A. in Biblical Studies from Heritage Christian University. For the last 14 years, he's been the director for the Brown Trail School of Preaching Spanish Department. He's been the author of more than 30 books in Spanish. He's preached, in the, gospel, preached the gospel in five countries. And again, we're grateful to have him with us and look forward to his lesson this evening. Uh, we wish more that we're here, but let me assure you that the lesson that he has to bring to you tonight has direct application to you as we talk about God's plan for evangelism. So at this time, we present to you Willie. Well, I truly appreciate the opportunity to stand before you again. Uh, it's been always a great blessing and a great joy to uh, visit the uh, downtown uh, Church of Christ. And it's been a few years since I've been coming to this uh, uh, summer series. I don't think I made it last year, but I'm glad that uh, you invited me to be back, and I have no idea what you're thinking every time you want to invite Willie to come back, but um, it's always a great pleasure, a great honor to be among God's people. And I hope and pray that the things that I will share with you uh, this evening will help us to do what God would have us to do. And that's basically uh, what we want to do. So how many of you brought your Bibles with you? Okay. I know a few years ago, the gospel preacher in the Dallas area asked the audience, how many of you brought your Bibles with you? And everybody picked up their Bibles and showed that they brought it. And then he said, well, put it away because we're not going to use it tonight. Once upon a time. And then he just went off. Uh, on a story about a king and this and that, just a bunch of fables and storytelling, uh, no Bible. Well, if you are here uh, to be entertained, you're at the wrong place. Because we are here to study God's holy word. And so I hope and pray that, once again, the things that we will study together on the subject of evangelism uh, will be uh, very beneficial to all of us. And uh, as I began this study... I want us to keep in mind James 1.22. This is a key verse in the New Testament <clears throat> in order for all of us to do what God would have us to do. James chapter 1 and verse 22. The text says, the inspired text says, But be ye doers of God's word, and not hearers only. And so, if I ask you a question, how many of you want to be blessed by God? I want to be blessed people, and I'm... I'm 100% sure that you will raise your hand and say, yes, I want to be blessed. Well, Jesus said in Luke 11:28, 28, blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. Not keep it under their seat on the truck. Not keep it under uh, some place in their closet, but keep it in their hearts. And here's the heart where we need to keep God's word. And if we do so, 
It will help us tremendously to grow spiritually and to do those things that, once again, God would have us to do. When we talk about evangelism uh, from the Christian perspective, we're talking about a subject of life and death. And it is a subject of life and death, not only because it deals with the salvation of mankind uh, from uh, sin, but also it deals with our own salvation as Christians. Because if we do not obey God's commands, then we're going to be in so much trouble. Uh, we're going to be in so much trouble because uh, not doing God's will, uh, disobeying God's will, uh, infraction of God's law results in sin, according to 1 John 3 and verse 4. And so we want to stay away from that. We want to practice and do those things that God would have us to do. And so as we talk about evangelism, God's plan for evangelism, God has a plan for everything. God has always had a plan for everything. And with respect to evangelism, He has a plan. And that plan is to save people from their sins. That plan also involves the church going out and reaching out to the lost. And when I say going out and reaching out to the lost, I'm not talking about just door-knocking campaigns. Sometimes we think that that's, that's all about evangelism, door-knocking campaigns. Uh, that's not everything about evangelism. We have the command to talk about Christ, to talk about what He did, to talk about the gospel of Christ to as many people as possible, not only through a door-knocking campaign, but through every effort, through every, every evangelistic effort that we put forth uh, for the honor and glory of our Heavenly Father. You know, it is sad <clears throat> when, when I drive through the streets here in the States and I see signs outside the church building that says, For sale. For sale. Uh, it is sad <clears throat> to basically learn about congregations that used to be more than 500 in attendance, and now there are only 20. I was talking to Brother Hardiman Nichols, one of my instructors at the Brown Trail School of Preaching. Uh, he's one of the elders at the Pleasant Grove Church of Christ. I don't know if you've ever been to that building before, but it's a huge building. It's kind of like a public school. They have rooms everywhere. It's a two-story building, a huge room. They also have a balcony that actually seats 75 persons because I actually went over there and counted all the seats there. And once, uh, I would say about 10 years ago, uh, Hardeman Nichols said, this whole auditorium used to be filled with God's people. Uh, more than 700 people in this building, and even the balcony on the back was filled with people. And now, you know, if you go there, there are about 30, 40 members, probably less uh, now. And so we need to go back to the Scriptures. We need to go back to the Bible so that we can move forward with the Bible with regards to evangelism. You know, we need that 2020 vision. Do you know what that 2020 vision is for the church? 2020 vision. Just go to Acts 20 and verse 20. Acts 20 and verse 20 that talks about Christians going from house to house preaching the gospel of Christ. From house to house. That is, uh, making the most out of the opportunity to talk about Christ. The Christian, the early Christians, <clears throat> they went to the temple because that's where they found the Jews. 
and they preached the gospel to them. They went everywhere. They preached the gospel by the river. <clears throat> they preached the gospel to kings. They preached the gospel in, uh, in prison. They preached the gospel in every single place. They made the most out of the opportunity. Think about this. Uh, Acts chapter 8 and verse 4. Remember Acts chapter 8 and verse 4? Uh, Luke tells us that the early church was persecuted. And in verse 4 says that those who were scattered abroad went everywhere selling insurances. They went everywhere selling chocolates. Uh, no, that's not what the scriptures say. They went everywhere preaching the gospel, preaching the word of God. Think about this. In the midst of persecution, the early church went everywhere preaching the word. And so in, and so in the first century, we see the, the church basically persecution, evangelism, persecution, evangelism. 2018, no persecution, fill in the blank. No evangelism in some places. Because I don't want to generalize. I don't want to say that all churches of Christ don't preach the gospel. No, there are some congregations that still do preach the gospel. And I, and I was, <clears throat> my, my heart was filled with joy as I heard Brother David talk about the literature that has been put together and sent out. Uh, you are doing your part. And remember, God's, uh, everything that we do for the Lord is not in vain. 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 58. So keep that, in, uh, keep that passage in mind as you do everything for the Lord. <clears throat> the Lord is not unjust to forget the things that we do for Him and for the saints. Hebrews chapter 6 and verse uh, 10. And so let's, let me encourage all of us to be more evangelistic in spirit. To be more evangelistic as we reach out to the lost. And I want us to keep in mind those classic passages that we already know. Mark 16 and verse 15. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And I want to spend a few seconds, a few minutes in Mark 16 and verse 15. Uh, and I want to make a point that I think will help us to take advantage of every opportunity that we have to tell people about the gospel of Christ. Sometimes I hear members of the Lord's church saying, you know what, I don't, I don't preach the gospel to my in-laws because they're not going to obey. They're not going to be baptized. I don't, <clears throat> I don't go and do door knocking with the church because I know that those people are not going to be baptized. Uh, right there in that moment as, as we teach them the gospel. You know, I don't, I don't get involved in evangelistic efforts because, I mean, why? Uh, they're not going to be baptized. You preach and preach and preach and you're not baptized. Think about Acts chapter 2 and verse 41. One sermon about 3,000 souls. One sermon. Today, 3,000 sermons and perhaps somebody will want to be in heaven someday. <clears throat> but we continue to preach the gospel. And so these brethren that are saying, uh, we don't preach the gospel anymore because people don't want to be baptized uh, anymore. Mark 16 and verse 15 and verse 16. Those two passages have two parts that we need to understand perfectly. Mark 16 and verse 15. Go and preach the gospel uh, everywhere. Go into all the world, says Christ. And preach the gospel to every creature. That's your part, my part. Your part and my part is to preach the gospel. 
is to tell people what Christ did on the cross at Calvary, what he did for their sins. That's your part, my part. Verse 16, he that believes and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believes not shall be condemned. That's their part, their part. Your responsibility, my obligation, is to preach the gospel to people, not to baptize people. If they want to be baptized, if they make the decision to obey the gospel, we will gladly baptize those people. <clears throat> but, it, <clears throat> but it's not our obligation, brethren, to baptize those people. If it was my obligation to baptize people, Trust me, more than a 1,000 people, probably 10,000 people would have been baptized already. But that's not my job. My job is to go out and tell people what Christ did for them. Tell them about the gospel of Christ. And then verse 16, if they believe that message from their heart, they will obey it. They will be baptized for the forgiveness of their sins. So let us understand Mark 16 and verse 15 and 16. That's God's plan for evangelism. Thank you, brother. That's God's plan for evangelism, for us to go and preach the gospel. You know, one of the places <clears throat> where I love to do door knocking is in Costa Rica. Almost every home you visit, they open the door for you. That doesn't happen here in the States. Okay, and we've done so many door knocking campaigns, Oklahoma, and many places. But in Costa Rica, you go there, you knock on those doors, and you start talking to people, and they listen to you. And, and I had the opportunity when I went uh, two years ago, I had the opportunity to study uh, with several people. <clears throat> and uh, so I approached that door, and I told them who I was and what I was doing. And, and they said, oh, you know, we're, we're not interested. You know, we already attend a church. And then whenever they said that, I said, okay, so that means that you like to read your Bible, right? And she said, uh, yeah, I, I like to read my Bible, you know, read it every now and then. So that means you have learned so much about what Christ did for you, right? And she's like, yeah, yeah, I learned a few things about it. And so I'm there just talking and talking and talking. And then after, after a few minutes, it's been about 20, 25 minutes, and I already preached the gospel to that person. I already talked to her, to her about what Christ did for her and what Christ expects from us uh, as far as obeying the gospel of Christ is concerned. So that gave me an opportunity to present the gospel of Christ. But what if I would have said, oh, no, she's not going to be baptized, so I'm not going to waste my time. Uh, then I wasted an opportunity to tell that person what Christ did for her. And so God's plan for evangelism is for the church to learn that our responsibility, our obligation is not to, baptize, to force people to be baptized, but to preach the gospel, to inform people about what he did uh, for us uh, sinners. And so as long as we keep that in mind, whenever a family member comes to your house and he's not a member of the Lord's church, you would ask that person, would you give me 20, 20 minutes to talk to you about something very important? Uh, no commitments. You don't, you're not obligated to, to accept anything. Just, just listen to what I have to say to you. And in 20 minutes, I can assure you that those 20 minutes will turn maybe to an hour, maybe two hours, or maybe four hours. And you're there just talking to that person. And you're <clears throat> answering maybe some questions, uh, maybe uh, clearing some confusion that may be in their hearts uh, regarding religion or, or salvation. 
But let's make the most of the opportunity, brethren. And every time we have an opportunity to talk to people about Christ, let's do that because that's God's plan for evangelism, for the church to obey the Great Commission, to obey that message, uh, that command to go out and reach out to the lost. One passage that we have to keep in mind is 1 Corinthians 9.16. Remember that passage? 1 Corinthians 9.16, in that song, <clears throat> you never mention him to me, they go hand in hand. Because 1 Corinthians 9.16 says, For if I preach the gospel, I have nothing to glorify of, or I have nothing to boast of, for necessity is laid upon me. But woe is unto me if I preach not the gospel of Christ. You know, a couple of years ago, I preached a lesson at a congregation that for matters of national security, I can tell you which one it is. But I gave a Bible class on evangelism. And one of the deacons of this particular congregation, he's 70 years old. He approached me at the foyer, <coughs> and there were a couple of brethren that I was talking to. So he, he came, and he said, Brother Willie, I want to thank you for that lesson that you just shared with us on evangelism. I got a confession to make. He said, Brother, I've been, uh, I've, I'm 70 years old. I have been baptized for at least 50 years. And I have never preached the gospel to anyone. I have never preached the gospel to anyone. And I say that to my shame, he said. A deacon in the Lord's church. Remember Philip the evangelist? Acts 21 verse 8. He was one of the deacons. He was one of the servants in the Lord's church in Acts chapter 6. And so he said, I say that to my shame, 50 years as a member of the Lord's church and has never preached the gospel to anyone. You probably say that's awful. That's terrible. But then I ask the question, what about us? How many people have we led to Christ? How many people have we led to obey the gospel of Christ? And uh, it, doesn't mean, it doesn't matter whether they were not baptized or they were baptized. How many people have you talked to about the gospel of Christ, what he did for them? Woe is unto me if I preach not the gospel of Christ. You know, in John 15, Jesus says, I am the true vine. And then he talks about uh, Christians, the necessity for Christians to bear much fruit. Because when we do so, we glorify God by bearing much fruit. Uh, John 15 and verse 8. And if you, are, if you do a careful study of the word fruit in the New Testament, you will, you will see great things, especially from the life of the Apostle Paul and how when he referred to a certain family, the first fruits of Achaia, the first fruits of this place, which meaning that they were the first converts in that place. And so we are to bear much fruit so that we can give God the glory and so that we can also bring something at Judgment Day when we give an account to God because we will give, we will give an account to God for the things that we have done uh, while we were in our bodies, whether it be good or bad. Second Corinthians 5 and verse 10. And what a good way to approach that throne with so many people that, to whom we have preached the gospel of Christ to. May God help us. May God give us the wisdom and the courage to do so. But, as also, but also, as we talk about evangelism, I want to uh, touch on a point that is very important. And that is, God's plan for evangelism <clears throat> requires for His church 
to be well prepared to preach the gospel. Well prepared to preach the gospel. I once heard a gospel preacher said from the, say from the pulpit, what's that about uh, evangelism seminars and special classes on evangelism? Just pick up your Bible and go out and preach the gospel to the whole world. Don't be expecting to be trained on evangelism. Just go and preach the gospel. And I was so saddened when I heard that. I was so sad because that preacher is basically has that preacher has not studied uh, the New Testament well. You know, are you familiar with Mark one seventeen, Matthew four nineteen, and Luke five ten? Matthew four nineteen, Mark one seventeen, and Luke five ten. The text says, "Come ye after me," and then what does it say? And I will make you fishers of men. Let me give you a little lesson on, on uh, grammar. Okay, that verb, I will make you fishers of men. Is that past, present, or future? And obviously, you don't need a PhD, but all you need is a BCV, a book, chapter, and verse uh, for that. But that's a, that's a future tense. So when Jesus called his disciples, whenever those these, uh, 12 disciples, 12 apostles were standing in front of Jesus... When Jesus said, come ye after me, and I will make you fishers of men. Question, were they already fishers of men at that particular moment? The answer is no. They were not fishers of men. They went to the finest preaching school ever in the history of humankind. The school of preaching of Jesus Christ. And they had one director, and that was Jesus Christ. One instructor, that was Jesus Christ. And he took these 12 apostles and spent three years with them, training them how to proclaim the word of God to people, to a lost and dying world. He trained them. He gave them specific training, for example, in not being respecter of persons. In John chapter 4, the Bible says that Jesus needed to go through Samaria. Remember the relationship between Jews and, and Samaritans, every time they saw each other, they gave two kisses on each cheek. And they hug each other, and they say, God bless your brother. No. They hated each other to death. And here is Jesus going through Samaria to Jerusalem, and his, and his apostles with him. And as Jesus is about to enter the city, the, the apostles say, you know what, Jesus? We're going to go buy some food. And they go away. And then when they come back, they see Jesus talking to, a, to the Samaritan woman. And then the Samaritan woman is so impressed with, you know, with the conversation that Jesus is having with her. And then she leaves her water pot behind and talk about priorities. And then she goes into the city and tells people about Christ. The, the people come and they meet Jesus and they invite him to a two-day gospel meeting there in Samaria. Think about the, the, the disciples of Christ. How did they feel two days in an unclean city uh, with the Samaritans? So Jesus taught them a great lesson there. Jesus taught them a great lesson about not letting their attitude get in the way of in reaching out to people. Remember in Luke chapter 9, the Samaritans rejected the message of Jesus. And then what did Peter, what did uh, James and John 
uh, tell Jesus. They asked Jesus a question. Jesus, please give us the opportunity to pray to heaven so that fire may come out from the presence of God and kill all these Samaritans. Because they wanted to kill those Samaritans for rejecting Jesus. And then Jesus came and re rebuked them for that. You have no idea uh, what my purpose here on earth is. Uh, I came here to seek and save that which was lost. Luke 19 and verse 10. So Jesus taught, gave them a great lesson about that. We need training, brethren, on how to reach out to people. Do we know how to reach out to the atheists? Question, do the atheists need the, the gospel of Christ? Do they need to be saved? Absolutely. Do we know how to reach out to them? What about the agnostics that say, oh, we cannot be 100% sure about anything? Uh... Do they need the gospel of Christ? Absolutely. What about the people in the denominations? Do they need the gospel? Absolutely. Do we know how to reach out to them? We need the training, brethren, uh, in order to be effective communicators of the gospel of Jesus Christ. In this city of Amarillo, Texas, a gospel preacher knocks on the door of this lady. The lady opens the door, and she has a, la uh, she has a huge altar with images from the Catholic Church, uh, a bunch of candles and, and pictures and, and saints and here and there. That gospel preacher actually saw that on the back, on the background. And then the first thing that gospel preacher told the lady, lady, you are going to go to hell if you don't do away with that idolatry. What do you think the lady did? No, the lady invited him for a cup of coffee and some sweet bread. Uh, no, that lady shut the door on that man. He shut down an opportunity to reach out to people. You cannot just approach people and tell them you're going to hell if you don't obey the gospel. You can't do that. You need to, you need to have wisdom. You need to know how to keep that door open so that, so that, so that you can learn uh, how to reach out to them. You know, just think about your conversion. You know, sometimes I'd like to ask members about their conversion. And I remember this particular brother said, whoa, it took about a year. That gospel preacher came to my house every week. And I had a debate with him every single week. Uh, he, he kept answering all my questions with Bible. And, uh, but you know, but I, I, I was you know, hard-headed. I didn't want to obey the gospel. I didn't want to accept the message that he was preaching to me. But then after a year, I obeyed the gospel of Christ so we need to know how to reach out to people. It's not just about going out. Imagine a member of the Lord's body who has no knowledge of God's word, uh, who has, you know, not much knowledge of God's word. And he goes out, knocks on this door, and then a pastor from a religious group opens the door. What do you think that pastor is going to do to that member with no knowledge? Uh, what do you think an atheist? Well, oh, yeah, come on in. Come on in. I'd like to talk to you people. So, and then they invite you to come in, and he's going to have a good time with that member who has no training whatsoever in how to reach out to people, how to answer questions. Where to go when they say baptism is not essential uh, to salvation? Where do we go when people say, oh, salvation cannot be lost? How, where do we go for that? We need that training. You know, I, I really enjoy, it's been over a month that I've been doing a special series. I was invited at the ASO, uh, Church of Christ, Spanish congregation. They wanted me to do a, a series of lessons on evangelism. 
And, and I've been teaching them, you know, how, how to reach out to people, how to answer questions, and how to, how to, you know, what to do and what not to do during a Bible study, how to begin that Bible study, how to keep that Bible study going, how to help people to arrive at the conclusion that they need to obey the gospel of Christ and that baptism is essential to salvation. Those are the kind of classes that we need. Uh, you can ask your you know, gospel preacher to do a series of lessons on evangelism. And there are also a lot of videos on YouTube uh, by, men, by faithful members of the Lord's Church who also present you know, different methods on how to preach the gospel. But let's always, always use biblical methods to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Never use entertainment. Uh, Jesus didn't say, go into all the world and entertain people. He said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every preacher, uh, to every creature. Our preaching needs to be distinct. Our preaching needs to be different. You know, I once read <clears throat> in an article, uh, I think it was the Gospel Advocate, back in the 70s, 80s, I think, and there was this little paragraph where this member of the Lord's Church said, if the preaching that I'm hearing today were the, was the preaching that I heard back in uh, when I was baptized, I would have never been baptized because the preaching is so different from, you know, back then as it is, you know, in some cases uh, today. Less Bible is being given to the members today. Oh, no, don't use too much book, chapter, and verse, you know. That's what say people back in the first century. Book, chapter, and verse. And I'm amazed. Well, I like one of the chapters I like to study a lot is Acts chapter 2. You know, Acts chapter 2 from verses 14 all the way to verse 35. About 13, about 25 scriptures, I believe, uh, are found in, in that portion of scripture. Peter's sermon. Peter was quoting scripture after scripture after scripture after scripture, as bad as that is in, those, in, in our days. He was just quoting scriptures about supporting uh, his points that he was making regarding the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the death, burial, and resurrection. And then as a result, about 3,000 people were baptized. That's the kind of preaching that we need today, brethren. Every time you study with people, point them to the scriptures. Point them to the scriptures. Because that's where the power is found. Remember Romans 1.16? For I am not ashamed of the gospel, but it is the power of God unto salvation. And so let's take the Great Commission seriously. Because that is the only way, the only way for the church to grow in number. And also spiritually uh, speaking. You know, Acts 2.41, about 3,000 souls. Acts chapter 4 and verse 4, 5,000 souls. Acts 5.14, the number of the disciples kept on multiplying, not subtracting, but multiplying. Addition was found therein. 5.28, they had filled all Jerusalem with the doctrine, that is, with the gospel of Christ. Acts 6 and verse 7, even priests were obedient to the faith. And then Acts chapter 8, the gospel was preached to the Samaritans in Samaria. Uh, it was preached uh, to the Ethiopian eunuch. And then they went everywhere preaching the word, Acts 8 and verse 4. Acts chapter 10, it was preached to the Gentiles. 11.24 and 12.24, the word of God continued to increase uh, greatly. And then Acts 17 and verse 6, they had turned the world upside down with the gospel of Christ. Have we turned Cedar Hill upside down with the gospel of Christ? We have everything 
that we need to turn the world upside down, to take the gospel to as many people as possible. And let's not only think locally, but also globally. Because how many of you have Facebook accounts? Don't raise your hand. I know that some of us have a Facebook account. Some of you <coughs> say, oh, I don't mess with that. I don't like that. That's, that's, that's your choice. That's fine. There is no sin in that. But if you have a Facebook account, and all you do in that Facebook account is, oh, I just had the best hot dog ever. Or I just took a shower. You know, people don't care whether you just took a shower or not. People don't care whether you just ate a hot dog or not. So take that Facebook account and convert that into an evangelistic tool. When was the last time that you went to YouTube, found a nice sermon on the gospel plan of salvation, and then you click on it, share, which takes about, what, five hours for that to share into that Facebook account? It takes a fraction of a second for that video to appear on your account, on your Facebook account, your Facebook post. And then you, you have probably two friends on Facebook. And those two friends will actually listen and watch that video and learn about the gospel of Christ. You know, my parents, myself, we obeyed the gospel because of a radio program in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Well, your uh, brother, um, Senaido Sanchez, uh, used to be a member here. He's the one that baptized me about 28 years ago. And once my dad heard that message through the radio, then my dad contacted Brother Senaido Sanchez, and there he asked Senaido Sanchez to come over to our house every Tuesday at 7 p.m. for every week. So he came over and preached the gospel to us, answered all the questions that we had, because we were coming from a Pentecostal background. And so he answered all the questions with book, chapter, and verse. And, and we obeyed the gospel of Christ, and we are so thankful for that. There is the radio program. There is a Facebook account. There, is, there are websites. There are television programs. I mean, there are many means that we have. And all of these, it's God's plan for evangelism so that we can think globally as well as far as taking the gospel. You may not be able to go to Costa Rica. You may not be able to go to India. But you can support someone who can do that. You can, you know, pray for those people who do that. You can do many things for the Lord's church. You may say, well, I'm 90 years old. There's not much I can do. You can still pray for missionaries. You can still pray for the evangelistic effort of the congregation. Because every congregation should have a program to reach out to the lost. Uh, that way we can bring more people to Christ. Uh, because God, God's plan for evangelism, brethren, I want to leave you with this. God's plan for evangelism is for a lot of people to be saved. God said through the Apostle Paul in 1 Timothy 2 and verse 4. In 1 Timothy 2, 4, For God desires for all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. That knowledge of the truth that will set them free. John 8 and verse 32. You and I, we have that truth right here. We have the gospel plan of salvation. Death, burial, and resurrection. For I make known unto you, brethren, the gospel which I preach unto you, which ye also receive, wherein ye also stand, by which ye are also saved. If you hold fast the word which I preach unto you, except ye believe in vain. For I deliver unto you, first of all, that which I also receive, that Christ died for our sins, according to the Scriptures, that He was buried and raised on the third day, according to the Scriptures. 
That, that's the gospel of Christ, the power of God unto salvation. Romans 1.16. That power of God unto salvation was proclaimed at the day of Pentecost. Acts 2.22. Ye men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God unto you by mighty works and signs and wonders, which God did by him in the midst of you, even as you yourselves know. Him being delivered up by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God, ye by the hand of lawless men did crucify and slain, whom God raised, having loosed the pangs of death, because it was not possible that he should be holden of it. Verse 32, this Jesus God raised, and we are witnesses to that. When they heard this, they were pricking their hearts. And they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brethren, what shall we do? And Peter said, Repent. And be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For unto you is the promise, and to your children, and to those who are afar off, and as many as the Lord our God shall call unto his name. And with many other words he testified it, and exhorted them, saying, Save yourselves from this crooked generation. They that gladly received his word were baptized. And there were added about 3,000 souls. Verse 47, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as were being saved. That message continues to be the same even though about 2,000 years have transpired. The message has not changed. The message continues to have the same power to salvation. So let's preach it, brethren. Let's make it known to our family members. Let's make it known to our friends, to our co-workers, to our friends at college and universities. Let's preach the gospel at every opportunity that we have because that is God's plan for evangelism. May God help us and give us the courage. May God help us and give us the, the encouragement that we need to be able to go out and put away get out of that comfort zone and let's start uh, doing what God would have us to do in the context of evangelism. So I appreciate the opportunity to present this lesson to you and I hope and pray and I will be praying that you and I, that we take this lesson seriously and that we start doing our part uh, in helping people make it to heaven. We are to love our neighbors as ourselves. Mark 12 and verse 31. And one of the best ways that we can do it is by teaching them the gospel of Christ. If you are here with us tonight and you have not obeyed the gospel, but you want to spend eternity in heaven, let me tell you something. There is no way on earth that you can spend eternity in heaven without obeying the gospel of Christ that the Bible says it is the power of God unto salvation. It is the only way to have your sins forgiven by being baptized for the forgiveness of of your sins. So, so if you have not been baptized for the forgiveness of your sins, you need to do so before it is eternally too late. And when I say eternally too late, I have in mind Isaiah 55 and verse 6. <clears throat> Seek the Lord while he may be found. Look upon him while he's near. Lord, notice the first part. Seek the Lord while he may be found. That implies that there is one day when he will not be found. And so, do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what a day you may bring forth. Proverbs 27 and verse 1. Keep in mind that your life is a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes away. Death comes to babies, comes to young people, 
comes to adults, comes to older people, comes to us all. He's no, no, he no respecter of persons, death. And so be prepared to meet your God one day in judgment. And if you obey the gospel of Christ, your sins will be forgiven. You will be added in, uh, to the body of Christ, uh, his church. In Ephesians 5.23 says that Christ is the savior of the body, which is his church. So if you want Christ to be your savior, you need to be in that body, in that church, the New Testament church. So um, if you are willing to obey the gospel tonight, uh, we'll, we'll be more than happy to assist you in that. But if you have questions, if you have confusion in your heart, if you want to learn more about the gospel of Christ, give us an opportunity to sit down with you and to open the Bible and to teach you from God's word about what you have to do to be saved. If you're already a member of the Lord's Church and you have not been faithful to the Great Commission, the Great Commission has become the great omission in your life, then repent, repent from that sin and come back to God and ask God to forgive you and start doing what He wants you to do. So if you're subject to the invitation, please respond us together. We stand and sing.